Welcome, everybody, to the Steelers Insider Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside the Jim Wexel, here for the third edition of the Steelers Insider Podcast. Great to have everyone here with us today. And Jim, good to see you. How you doing? I'm good. The Jim Wexel. The Jim Wexel. <laughs> like the Ohio State, right? <laughs> yeah, I prefer the Ohio University anyway, so we just like Ohio University. And speaking of Ohio University, how's Sammy doing uh, with Bobcat soccer? Bobcats took a hard loss at, at Western Carolina this week. The Catamounts were a little too much. It's their nickname. It's just too much. And uh, so they lost 3 nothing. but I watched the game during the game. It was the exact same time as the Steelers Raiders. The guy next to me to my left, I won't give any names in the press box. He was watching the Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> so... I was as interested in the Pirates as he was in Ohio and West Carolina. But my daughter's playing great. Uh, she's really a good player, and I'm so proud of her. Good. Well, but their, their, their record's like four and three, and they begin MAC action. They begin MAC action Thursday night. It couldn't be on TV. You might want to tune in, Jeremy. All right. Yeah, I'm going to put write it down here on my calendar. So thanks for the update there with the Bobcats. And like you said, the Steelers did play this weekend. Uh, a forgettable performance, losing to the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, their first first home contest. And we have lots to cover from the game here today. We're going to get into the performances of Ben Roethlisberger. A lot of criticism coming at Ben this week. Najee Harris, uh, he scored his first touchdown. Deontay Johnson went over 100 yards. We'll also take a look at Melvin Ingram. We're going to talk about that secondary that did hemorrhage a lot of yards. Presley Harvin quietly had a nice game. Uh, but we'll get into what were some of the reasons behind such a lackluster uh, offensive output and what's going on with the running game. So a lot to dig into here today. Um, 26 to 17 loss. And Jim, probably the best place to start is with the, the captain, the signal caller, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Had somewhat decent games statistically, but couldn't drive the ball down the middle of the field. Uh, what's your take on his performance, and do you think he'll rebound this weekend against the Bengals? I remember watching in the first half and at halftime talking to someone saying, you know, quarterback's done. And then the second half, I changed my mind. Uh, and then I rewatched the game, and he looks fine. Uh, he's immobile. He's still not fully trusting that O-line. And... Um, my problem in the first half was his inability to scramble. You know, there are so many good fresh legs out there uh, at quarterback and it's such a dangerous option. Mm -hmm. And it, it really keeps defenses honest. They have to keep an extra guy on, on watching the quarterback. They don't with Ben and he doesn't have that option and he still <clears throat> breaks free and throws. But I tell you, I, I, there's a lot of good passes he made in that game upon rewatch. Uh, I, 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 don't, um, I don't understand the middle of the field or the criticism of it. I mean, you, you'll have a take on that, I hope, because I really don't, because I know what he does with Friermuth. And, uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm not down on Ben. This is just Raiders. This is Raiders poop. You know, this is typical Raiders stuff. I talked to two defensive leaders, and we'll get into this later, but nobody seemed concerned that they always get their butts kicked by the Raiders, no matter how bad the Raiders are. 
And this Raiders team appears to be pretty good. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to lay this on Ben. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just not. Uh, yeah. We can talk more about him, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the my biggest concern just in watching the Steelers offense this weekend and really the past few years, it, it seems like Ben is a slow st- starter. It takes him some time to – to get warmed up or to just get locked into the the rhythm of the game. And by that time they're either down and then they have a push there towards the end of the second quarter where they shift into, you know, that hurry up, no huddle offense, which apparently they don't have anymore. Um, I know that Ed Bouchette said on the athletic that uh, he'd asked Roethlisberger, Ben said that there is no longer a no huddle that Canada doesn't have it installed in the offense and that it's just the, the two minute offense and I don't know if Bouchette was hinting at some type of disconnect between Canada, but um, it, it just seems like there, there's a, um, an absence of a rhythm. I thought when Canada came on board that the offense would play more within a scheme, that plays would build off of each other. But I don't know if Ben struggles or because he that Sandlot style football where he could use his mobility and move around and make a throw down the field because he can't do that as well as he used to, if that's what's hindering the offense and why they're such slow starts. So um, that kind of st- stuck out to me. And I know that on Twitter, well, yeah, just in reference to what you were saying about the, uh, the attacking the middle of the field, they showed a passing map um, of where Ben's attacking the field. It's the outside perimeters and that interior part down the field is just, there's, there's no, there's a, there are few passes, but there's nothing deep down there consistently. So um Definitely areas that they're going to have to improve if they're going to want to win moving forward. Okay, uh, the coordinator, and uh, I don't even know if Ed was in in that uh, interview room, but uh, it, it hit me too. I, I think Aditi asked a question about the coordinator. And, you know, here we go again. Personally, that's what I thought. You know, here we go with the coordinator again. A little half shot at him. Um, that's what I took from it. Um, mm. he took away one of Ben's favorite toys, apparently, and Ben is upset. Um, my take is that the coordinator's still working and still installing it and wants Ben to get out of that mode where that that is Ben's fallback. You know, let's do this. And let you, you, you know, that's the classic playground style. Mm-hmm. This this guy wants to get some rhythm going and wants to get the running game going, wants to get that line working. There's probably a million reasons why the uh, um, the no huddle was scratched and they throw the two-minute offense out there when they need speed, when they need tempo. There's a new offensive line. Perhaps they don't understand it. Uh, I have a feeling this will be asked of Mike Tomlin today. I know this podcast will probably come out tonight. And we'll probably be talking Bengals by the time we come out, but um, uh, hopefully Mike Tama can answer to that a little bit, and Ben will answer it Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are a lot of questions because it struck me as soon as he said that. Oh, here we go again, another shot at an offensive coordinator. So uh, Ben will have to answer for that. Uh, let's just get the basics down first, as you say. You know, let's let's roll down the field first on the first possession for one time. I don't know when the last time they did that. Okay. You know, uh, Fryermuth is going to be that guy in the middle of the field, and he'll become a threat, and that should open up the outside a little bit. Juju's doing a lot of curls, a lot of possession down stuff inside. 
Najee's doing crossers over the middle. Uh, and, you know, when he turns around to look, which he didn't two weeks ago, he's uh, he, he's going to be an effective guy. I'm not too worried about the middle of the field. I just wonder if it's a block inside Ben's head where that's where more picks happen. That's where more deflections happen. That's where more defensive linemen bat the ball up. I'm wondering if it has something to do with that. Yeah, I've, I've wondered about that, too, if there is a confidence issue there. He just doesn't want to make the turnover, and that's why he's avoiding that. You know, throwing down the sideline, the perimeter, there's a better chance that the ball goes out of bounds. You know, that's a good point. Well, let me add this, too. His receivers are so skilled at the back uh, shoulder fades at the sidelines. It's mm-hmm. kind of a no-risk pass on the sidelines, and maybe he's focusing more on that. Right, right. You know, all the back shoulder both of those, uh, you know, Claypool, Juju, all those guys with Washington, even so, yeah, maybe that's yeah. something like that. You know, uh, Ben, uh, Ben's going to take these questions. I'm sure these same questions Wednesday morning. Right. Well, one of the things that can definitely benefit Ben would be an improvement in the running game. You know, we haven't seen that yet. Um, there hasn't been a lot of space for for Najee to run. He did have, you know, two 14 yard gains in that big touchdown reception. Do you think that that line is going to be able to improve and that running game is going to be able to improve? Yeah, I'd like to see Najee bounce some of this stuff outside. I, I do appreciate the fact that when he's not bouncing, he's working on falling forward and, and getting those extra two, three yards that the good running backs get, you know, the inside runners. I know he's got, he has enough speed to bounce some of that stuff outside. So I don't know if it's just him getting used to it and the line getting used to it. And the play calling, uh, 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 bringing those player, all those defenders up in the box. I'm not too concerned about the running game. I mean, mm-hmm. I kind of, you kind of expected this, and and I, I wrote that the other day. If you take a look back at what you all expected, what we all expected, I predicted win in Buffalo, lose against the Raiders, and then win four straight. Mm-hmm. I, I this is a, I think this is a great setup to play Cincinnati a more important game, the second of back-to-back home games. The Steelers have always thrived in that situation. Um, I think they're you know, they're going to go on a little streak here, and mm-hmm. we'll look back on this as nothing, and, and we'll all say, why were we expecting the running game to be all <laughs> great with a new line and a new running back right. and a coordinator right away? So I, I'm perfectly willing to give it more time. I'd like to just see a, a bit more of a commitment to actually building again. I'm going to use the term rhythm again. I use it in reference to Roethlisberger, but just give Najee a series where he's getting three carries, three consecutive carries. Let him see what he can do. If he can get locked into rhythm, um, you know, again, I know there's no space. I know you said you'd like to see him maybe, uh, you know, bounce it outside a little bit. Um, but I think there's meat left on that bone and maybe, you know, they they chew on that this weekend against the Bengals. But if that but running game gets get, done, that's going to help Ben. You do have to get first downs. And, you know, the passing game will open that up. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they've tried throwing in the middle of the field, I don't know what they're thinking. There. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, it's just going to come a game where it starts working and then, boom, the running game's opening up. And yeah, so I, it just needs a little more time. I. And overall, I, I like the linemen they have. I know they're taking abuse in town. Mm-hmm. I like some of these guys. You know, Kendrick Green will get shoved around, but then you watch and he's doing the shoving for uh, the next couple of plays. And the left tackle is getting some abuse in town. And I, I, I like 
I, I, I'm not expecting a miracle out of a fourth-round rookie left tackle. Right. And I, I see a lot of good things. And I like the running back, and I like the quarterback. All the pieces I like, it's just not come together yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, that means that means give it more time, in my opinion. Right, right. And that wide receiver room, again, very talented group. It seems like Johnson has been the, the go-to for Ben. He suffered an injury there late in the game. Uh, speculation or what I've heard from reports is that it's not serious. Claypool had some nice plays down the field. What's your overall assessment of the receiver room after this weekend? Yeah, you know, Deontay Johnson did some great things, but he and Ben don't seem to be on the same page a lot. Mm-hmm. And the pick was one uh, one problem. Uh, good thing for them, it only led to a field goal. But, you know, Ben will throw long and Najee will, will turn in, and then they'll both go back to the huddle with their hands up. You know, what are you doing? What are you doing? So they seem to have the biggest communication issues, but then you turn, you know, then Deontay's making the biggest and best plays out of the entire group. Claypool, you know, had a chance. It was defended by Casey Hayward, a premier defensive back. So I'm not too down about that because I, I've, I've seen Claypool make too many great catches with those strong hands of his. Mm-hmm. He kind of dropped a pass that wasn't thrown perfectly but everybody wanted a touchdown out of that. So I'm not down on Claypool. Uh, and I love James Washington. And if he has to play more because of Deontay Johnson's injury, that's okay. Uh, and Juju is, you know, very tough. And I have, I have no problem. I, I, I'm a little curious as to why nobody came over to help Deontay at the end of the game. But yeah, yeah, that I, would... I don't know if people were discouraged by the loss and, and as far as throwing to a starter on the last play when it's hopeless, there's some criticism there. I have no yeah. problem. I That's what they do. That's yeah. just what they've done over the years. They don't quit. So why quit now all of a sudden? And the injury happens, and then everybody points the finger. doesn't confront me much, really. Right. Well, hopefully they can get everything going this weekend because it can't all be on the defense and shifting gears a bit to the defensive side of the ball. Had they not been on the field so much, maybe they wouldn't have given up so many yards. Uh, and they were still in this contest there to the very end in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, if the offense could have just you know made a push there and, and got some points. The secondary seemed to give up a lot of big plays, uh, specifically that 61-yarder where Akello Witherspoon, his first snaps in the game. I kept looking. I'm like, who's, who's 25? Who is this guy? And then I saw that it was Witherspoon and Minka was there, was late in, in providing help. But how concerned are you with the defense? Do you think this was just a matter of all those injuries catching up with them? Um, and do you think it was just a matter of them being out on the field uh, for too long on a hot day? I think you nailed it. You know, Minka was a star last week and now he's the bum. <laughs> Yeah, of course he's not a bum, and that was a difficult play. I remember you were talking the sixty-one yarder to Rugs, and that was um, that was the backbreaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was sixteen fourteen. The Steelers had just pulled to within two with a touchdown. The crowd was rocking. They had just played Renegade, and I swear I'm going to do a study on Renegade <laughs> because it seems the other team scores every time that song's played. <laughs> And here we go with the big touchdown. Uh, so um, I remember it was third and 10. And I remember looking at Minka and he lined up right at the stick. He might have retreated. But I remember thinking, yeah, I like this. Minka, dig in. Stop this first down. Don't give them 
to 10 yards in lieu of, of the deep ball, forget the deep ball. So that was my thinking when I saw him digging in at the first down marker. Cause I know I, I, I I've been looking to Minka who's at the free safety because Norwood plays a lot of free safety. And then Minka mm-hmm. will drop down in the slot, played a lot of slot in coverage on Waller. Right. And so now that he was back, I noticed it. Oh yes. Third and 10. Of course you would have Minka playing deep on third and 10. Right. Well, they ran that play. Uh, Waller did a curl over to the right of Minka, make a bit of step and there goes rugs. And you know, I don't care if you have Joe Hayden out there. I don't know that he's going to cover rugs deep without yeah. free safety. Yeah. The dude ran a four two seven at the combine two years ago. That's, That's all he's got. He, he really hasn't been that great of a pass catcher. Mm-hmm. He's just got that speed. And, you know, Witherspoon, I didn't think that was much of a pickup anyway. I was kind mm-hmm. of down on giving up the fifth or sixth round pick they gave up. Yeah. I think they gave up two fifth rounders because it's a comp pick they lose too. Unless the general sits the bench the rest of the way. <laughs> there, there's the first general reference. <laughs> <laughs> but we're rooting for the bet, the general to stay on right. the bench so they can re- recoup that fifth round comp pick. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I hate to dig. I hate to worry too much about a guy like Ruggs who's only scored two touchdowns in his career when it's third and 10 and you know, they're going to Waller. I just can't blame Minka for biting on that and getting beat deep. It was a great throw, a great catch. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that was the per- big problem in the secondary. And and you went on about the other injuries and yes, you're right. They did catch up with them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you're missing 50% of your starters on defense and your names like Devin Bush, Joe Hayden, you got Watt who goes out. Uh, you're already missing to it. Alulu goes down. I mean, at some point through attrition, you know, the standard is the standard next man up. Yeah, I get all that. But reality is reality, too. Well, they have three overall top 10 picks on their roster mm-hmm. in the draft. Three of them. Joe Hayden went seven. Uh, Tyson Alulu went 10. And Devin Bush went 10. Mm-hmm. And they were all off the field. So draft capital sitting on the bench. Now let's talk about contract capital. How much value with to it? You know all those. How much percentage of the money? You can buy many country with those salaries combined. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, hopefully those guys get he- healthy, and we could get Hayden and Bush back on the field this weekend. What I saw a report that he may. Uh, there's a chance he might play against the Bengals. I wouldn't rush him back. I think Ingram has been doing a nice job, as has Highsmith. Saw Jameer Jones actually getting some snaps this weekend, which was good to see. But um, any other players you want to hit on that we haven't discussed? I know Presley Harvin had a nice game. Uh, it's good to that the punter was booming some. Yeah. All of a sudden, we're a town that's enraptured with the punter. Well, <laughs> I thought Spillane played well. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, he got beat by Waller on one play, but it was incomplete. And Spillane was in decent coverage, and he played the run well. But I thought Joe Schobert really looked quick. He was getting sideline to sideline. He he got he got rugs on that end around. And I know Joe was playing left inside linebacker on that reverse right. Mm-hmm. So he was in position, but he got there. And he made the play. Rugs only gained a yard or so. 
that's you know, we just talked about the serious speed that Ruggs has. Mm-hmm. Schilbert also got to the other sideline to make a play. Schilbert got beat on a TD. I believe it was a TD. Uh, it was there was a big play got beat, but he was in good coverage and uh, he but he had a PBU. I thought Schilbert looked really quick mm-hmm. and you know it's exciting to consider this defense when all the pieces are in place. Right. It's a shame that Tyson went down and, you know, he's filling in for two it right now. And he is the nose tackle when they use the nose tackle. So they don't use much nose tackle. Right. So, you know, I hate to dismiss the injury because Tyson is a good player, but you know, if, if you were to say, Hey, you're going to lose one of your front seven guys, which one you want to lose? I'm not going to say I want to lose Tyson, but yeah. You know, he, he is what he is. He's he's a good, the best depth player they have, and a, and a number 10 overall pick. Right. Uh, but I thought Schobert looked good, and, uh, yeah, there's some depth issues in the secondary, like Witherspoon we talked about. Right. It's Justin Lane. <laughs> Justin Lane, it was a third and four. He came up and hit the guy before, before the stick, and then he, he, he ripped them threw him over the stick when he brought him <laughs> down. And I was wondering if that was his last play or not, because I don't know when Witherspoon came in, but yeah, we didn't see Justin much after that. Yeah. Well, I think maybe a, a few days after the loss here, maybe Steelers nation has uh, calmed down a bit, maybe has stepped back from uh, the, the ledge somewhat. But when you, when you're looking at this game and I know you've, you've already referenced this, you think that they're going to be okay, but what do you think they most need to improve in order to rebound this weekend against Cincinnati? Offense, you know, mm-hmm. running game, Najee, and this could be a big breakout for him. Um, I really haven't looked into the Bengals' statistics to see what they're doing against the run. I do know that their offensive line is not much better shape than the Steelers offensive mm-hmm. line. So mm-hmm. being that this game is at Pittsburgh, second of back-to-back home games is a great spot for the Steelers. You got some revenge going on from last year's loss. Uh, you've coming off a loss. that was fairly embarrassing. You were a, fo- a solid favorite. So all of these factors add up. And, and plus, <laughs> as I said last week, when the entire media world was unanimous in picking the Steelers over the Raiders, they will be unanimous in taking the points mm-hmm. with the Bengals in a division game. So therefore it's just, it looks like Steelers all, all the way, just like last week to me, looked all Raiders all the way. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I think they'll rebound and get it done this weekend. Um, I can't see them dropping two in a row. If they do, uh, I'm not going to say I'm going to sound the panic alarm, but I'm going to be a bit more nervous. Um, the one last thing I wanted to bring up, Jim, I know we talked a, a good bit about the offensive line here today. Um, but that right tackle position with Chooks core for he's consistently been the weak link on an already weak unit and only because of development. I, I'm not drawing any hard conclusions on these guys yet, but when Banner comes back, I full expect him to jump into that right tackle spot. Um, but there's no guarantee that a he's going to play well or B he's going to stay healthy. Do you think the Steelers might be on the phone right now, Colbert, looking for any available tackles to – and, again, I know they don't have much draft capital, or are they looking the, – the waiver wire free agents out there? Do you think that a stud right tackle could maybe help jolt this uh, O-line? And is that even a, a feasible possibility? Stud right tackle just don't suddenly 
come available, right? Uh, like corners. Um, and we saw the corner they had available and what happened to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Chucks, as Charles Davis liked to call mm-hmm. him that first week, <laughs> I can't get out of my head. I'm yeah. going to call him Chucks the rest of the way. Chucks graded highest of the offensive linemen, according oh, yeah. to Pro Football Focus. Now, I know everybody in the world hates Pro Football Focus, but I, as I always say, as I, especially as I watch my review, every now and then I would watch Chucks. They've got eyes on each guy every play. Mm-hmm. And whether you know football or not, you do know athleticism. And if you watch every every snap, you're going to glean something from it. So apparently he's not doing too badly. And he was going against their stud, Crosby. Yeah. So I'm not too concerned about Chucks too much. Uh, and the other tackle, like I said, he's a rookie. They're not going to replace him. He's showing too much promise, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I know they're getting abused on Twitter. I just, especially if they lose this game, don't go on Twitter. Don't don't (laughs) let that toxicity in. Uh, It's really not that bad. And these Mm -hmm. tackles aren't that bad. And Banner is coming back. So there's no way they're going to be looking for anybody. Uh, It's just not going to happen. And I know they don't want to play the general yet. Thankfully. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, no, uh, I don't. To answer your question, no, Banner will be coming back. Whether he takes a spot, I'm not as down on Chucks, and I'm not as down on the rookie either. Okay, so there you have it, Jim. Uh, Jim's pointed out there that he is not concerned at this point. Maybe I'm mildly concerned. Uh, so maybe the the reality is somewhere in the middle there, uh, and we'll be excited to see how things play out this weekend when the Steelers take on the Bengals. That's one o'clock at Heinz Field, game number three of the season. Um, and that's a game before they travel to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers at 425. And Green Bay looked pretty strong uh, after a clunker in their opener last night against the Lions. So uh, Aaron Rodgers will have something for that Steelers defense in week four. But first things first, it's the Bengals. And now it's that time in the show, Jim, for the uh, terrible three, where I'm going to throw three things your way. And just curious to see what your responses are. Roll, man. All right, here we go. So what is it about the Raiders that has led to the lowly two and six record for Roethlisberger when facing them? Well, let me say this about records. The great Chris Hoke, the reserve nose tackle who started 18 games in his career, was 17 and one. I I don't know how that ranks in the pantheon of nose tackle one loss records. (laughs) He was 17 and one. His one loss was to the Raiders. And the day they gained 98 yards of offense and been through a couple pick sixes. I think one was a hundred yarder, you know, I Ben owns Ohio. I think we could all take that. He does not own Oakland and uh, the the autumn wind is a Raider and it may go back to the seventies. There may be some karma out there and that has to do with, uh, uh, Roethlisberger, you know, the karma God said, we'll give you the state of Ohio. Would you take that? Bengals and Browns all day long? Absolutely. (laughs) And so, uh, okay, well, there's a West Coast team that we're going to allow to own you. So, uh, you know, the Raiders have not won a playoff game during Ben's tenure. And they are two and six against the Steelers, who've won a few Super Bowls during that time. 
Wow. I mean, the Raiders are six and two. Who can explain it? I don't know, but I don't know if there's karma from the seventies or not. Yeah. It's like cosmic negotiations. I like that. <laughs> you, you, know, you get Ohio, but we're we're going to, we're going to keep California and Las Vegas or Nevada. Um, all right. We're moving on to number two. Trey Turner said a player spit in his face on the field uh, this Sunday and he was heated and that's just nasty. Other than that, what is the nastiest, ugliest personal foul penalty you've seen in your time covering the Steelers? Well, you know, the seventies, there was some, um, I thought of a moment in the seventies, but I can't come to mind. Uh, in the eighties, uh, I saw Otis Wilson's forearm shiver to Louis lips. Um, in the nineties, you know, Greg Lloyd and Altoon, Greg Lloyd and Jermaine Stevens at training camp. <laughs> um, in 2000, I was at ground zero of a locker room brawl. That was really ugly. Is that the one with Earl Holmes? Earl Holmes' fist came right over my shoulder as I was interviewing Richard Huntley. <laughs> and that precipitated a brawl with uh, stools being raised by linebackers. Um, at 2004 or five, I saw the, uh, the fight with Joey Porter and William Green that opened the door for James Harrison. Um those really weren't all that ugly. I, I, I'm just trying to think of one thing that's uh, uglier than the obvious Miles Garrett. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know that we'll, any of us will ever see anything more ugly than that. And what's, what's anecdotal about that is the play before Joe Schobert sacked Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett got a late hit on Rudolph, which Rudolph shrugged off uh, outwardly. Apparently, inwardly, because the next play, uh, Miles Garrett hit him again a little late, and mm -hmm. that's when uh, Mason started grabbing at his helmet. And then Miles Garrett made up the thing about him calling him the N word, and and Miles Garrett has not have to ha has not had to been accountable for uh, accusing Rudolph of that. Mm -hmm. And I see Miles Garrett being interviewed, and nobody ever brings it up, and he's just a jolly guy just a great guy uh, who uh, really should be sued something bad. NFL so, man of the year candidate. Right? Exactly. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we trying to do with that? You know, that was just a blatant lie that he's never had been held accountable for. So that was really ugly. And, you know, Ravens Steelers, Joey Porter and uh, Ray Lewis outside uh, near the bus, uh, all that stuff. Haloti not a punch and Ben right in the nose on the track. <laughs> Uh, Bart Scott, Heinz Ward, you know, drilling people after plays, Ed Reed to start games. All that was ugly, and spitting is pretty ugly. And yeah. I don't know if Trey Turner got spit upon, but it looked like he spit back. So yeah. what are you trying to blame the other guy for? Yeah. Maybe that's why uh, – maybe Ben's having flashbacks to not a break in his nose, and that's why he won't go down the middle of the field. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I just want to see more Fryermuth. Maybe they're waiting for a divisional game. Yeah, I know you called it, called him early on um, in the offseason as being the guy that kind of emerges and, you know, the national media being like, oh, who's this guy? We didn't know about him. Whereas the the, the local media, the, the Pittsburgh Raiders say all along, we knew this guy was going to be a star. So wrapping up the terrible three here, Jim, we've talked a lot about Ben and we're going to end with Ben. 
So at the season's end, are we going to be talking about how Ben overcame the dismal outputs of the offense in weeks one and two, um, and he's going to have success? Or is this a sign of things to come? Or the last option is, have we not seen how bad it's going to get this year? I think we're watching some pretty bad stuff right now. I think it's going to get a lot better. I I do think with all these talented uh, playmakers that, I think he's going to come on. I, I have I haven't seen any indication of a lack of arm strength, and I am seeing better deep balls than I've seen last year. Mm-hmm. There was a week right before the season started where he was missing the deep balls again, you know, just unlike Ben because he's mm-hmm. been so accurate with his deep passing over the years. Right. So I, I think I, I, I'm remaining optimistic. I, I think we'll be looking back on these days as some of the difficult days. And we'll say, you know, why did we expect this offensive line to come together this quickly? And that's the only good I'm going to give the hall of fame game, because that's always just starts everything way too early. And those teams fade late. Mm-hmm. But I think the hall of fame game was necessary for this new offensive line. And I think we're all unjustly looking at the offensive line. I mean, we should all look back at our season previews and say, of course, I predicted they would struggle yeah. early with this line, and I, it'll all get better is my 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 belief. Right, right. Well, there you have it. Listeners, everything is going to be just fine. Relax. Take a deep breath. If you're a meditator, meditate. Go for a jog. Get your exercise in. But the sun is going to come up. Um, it's early for Jim and I. We got up uh, super early, started recording at 5, but um, – Bengals this weekend, one o'clock. Jim, great talking Steelers football with you today here on episode three. And listeners, this is going to be a weekly podcast that we're going to bring to you uh, on the Still City Insider. Please make sure that you're following uh, Jim at Jim Wexel on Twitter. Uh, I'll have a link uh, to the site in the show notes. You can follow me at Still Study on Twitter or check out my work at thestillstudy.com. Um, Jim, again, always great to talk with you, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you again next week, and let's get that W. Uh, I agree, Jeremy. I appreciate all your work. You're doing great. I, I know we're still trying to get our, our, our footing with this podcast. The plan, hopefully, is to get these up on Tuesday morning. We're still we're still finding our footing, and so I hope listeners will be patient with us, but hopefully we find our groove, just like the running game. Yes. And, uh, Yes. <laughs> We've got a good talent and support group around us. <laughs> we just have to come together as a team. That's all in it for us. That's it. Thank you, yeah. All right, Jim. Well, hey, you have a great week. And listeners, you have a great week as well. We'll see you back here next week on the Steelers Insider Podcast. Yeah.